Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. It's the second hour of Sports Talk. Greetings to you if you're just joining us, maybe just getting out of work, headed home. I know it's a little darker than we'd like it to be at this hour, but we're here with you for a little company and hope you can get home safely. We had a little snow this morning. It's gone away. Also a little early to be having some snow, but we soldier on. That's what we do here in the Midwest, on the prairie. We stand up and lean in on to adversity. I'm Scott Beatty along with Evan Kahn, and coming up, we will talk about Southern California, particularly the UCLA Bruins basketball team. Ben Bolch writes for the LA Times. He'll be our guest. Illinois will face them on Friday after a uh, an easy victory last night over Monmouth, scoring over 100 points and another impressive performance especially by Terrence Shannon Jr., who has found himself now on the watch list for the Wooden Award as well, a preseason watch list or early season watch list that goes out to what they consider the top 50 potential winners this season. And Terrence Shannon Jr. is uh, looking strong. Uh, uh, I, I keep liking him, uh, Evan, to a running back with uh, the ability to get downhill, he's going to draw a lot of fouls. He's going to get a lot of points at the free throw line this year, but he also can finish at the rim and has shown his shooting touch. Yeah, I, I don't think it, it's too outlandish to to compare his game similar to, to Io DeSumo's when he was here. Um, he, like you said, he, he's going to get downhill. He's going to get to the rim. You want the ball in his hands, and, and he can create for others or himself when, when he does it. He, he's been really solid on the defensive end as well. He's taken took a charge last night. I think he took a charge in one of the other two games as well. He's just fit right in as the guy on a team that last year struggled to, to really find a, a consistent go-to guy outside of Kofi Coburn for, for much of the year. Shannon here through three games is kind of showing himself to be that. Yeah, I, I was thinking this last night. I'm kind of glad you said it because I was almost like, hey, am I, am I too crazy? There, I see a little IO game there mm-hmm. stylistically. I'm not ready. I mean, whatever he'll be, I think he has potential to be in the NBA, but but I, I, want, I think there's a dash, maybe a little bit more of an Andres Felice in there, a little more Bulldog. Io is a downhill player. Mm-hmm. This guy's just a little thicker and <laughs> um, just seems to be a magnet for some contact, too. Remember, that was what Felice was so good at. Mm-hmm. So to me, I see a little bit of column A, column B. Stylistically, I'm not rating one better than the other or whatever. Uh, um, I'm just saying... And and it's and it's been he's been the bucket getter when you need it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he fits the the kind of guy I, I think Brad Underwood looks for. If he could field five guys that that dribble, pass it, and shoot, and play defense like Terrence <laughs> Shannon, I'm sure he would. But that doesn't really look, work in the Big Ten or basketball in general. But um, yeah, uh, he's yeah, he's a, a little bit of this. He's a, a little bit of that. He's going to do a whole lot for this team throughout the year. He's been the leading scorer here through uh, two of the the first three games, and um, it's kind of you know lighten the load as guys like RJ Melendez and Matthew Mayer and, and those guys try to, to find their way and what their role is he, he's kind of taking the the lead and let everybody else settle in so it was a win last night over Monmouth 3 and0 UCLA number eight in the country right now is on tap on Friday night we'll get a little more on them with with Ben Bolts and I suspect this is a game that both sides will look at and go hmm just exactly where are we mm-hmm. uh, against against the each other's competition? And and UCLA had a smooth win as well last night over Norfolk State, who at least in the past has been a tournament team. I don't know how good or not uh, they've been. Haven't quite done my kind of kind of like dive. Monmouth, right? Yeah, I haven't done my deep Typic- dive on Norfolk. Typically, State. when they scheduled that game, I think three four years ago, they thought it, it might have been a little more competitive <laughs> of a, a, a mid major kind of matchup. Actually, I don't know if, how far out those games get scheduled like maybe those, is it only a year or two maybe not even a year sometimes it's in the summer i'm, mm. I'm not i'm not entirely sure but no. it's not like football where you're <laughs> booking it for 10 years yeah, out yeah you know they're probably working on the 2036 schedule today yep uh free agency fun talk continues with baseball anthony rizzo is going to stay in the pinstripes at yankees stadium and he'll get to hit again with that short porch and no shift and he's <laughs> going to get a lot of money to do so for a moment, I had a little dream of some nostalgia and seeing if he'd come back and be in the cubby blue pinstripes, but good for him for staying with the Yankees. The the biggest thing today is it's 40-man crunch time. It's uh, qualifying offer decisions, and when Anthony got that, that qualifying offer, I, I thought that kind of took the Cubs out of the running for him. Great player. I, I would give up a, a draft pick for him. Of course, I wouldn't have traded him a year and a half ago at the deadline, but that that's a, a discussion for another time. But he set up. He, he bet on him himself last year and he got a, a, a two-year contract that set him up to bet on himself again and, and he got another raise teams are, are making 40-man moves because you got to protect guys for the rule five draft here tonight that's what I've been trying to, to see and the you know the Rays are making moves the Cubs made a move with the Rays in order to to take a, a guy off of their 40-man so uh, a lot of a lot of roster movement here over the the next five days I think non-tender deadlines coming up uh, this weekend at some point so new free agents to be had and trades and all that good stuff there's some justin verlander talk he probably wants a big check from uh, one of the big teams on either coast is my guess um and and when it comes to the shortstop derby that's uh, to be determined as mm-hmm. well braves are doing some interesting things it looks like um to maybe or maybe not uh keep dansby swanson and i've heard maybe ronald lacuna jr is on the trading block uh, yeah red i should say i haven't heard i've read uh so it, it this is the if you are really into baseball offseason this is kind of the fun rumors slash conjecture slash what are they doing time this is mostly rumor time yeah because guys don't sign at, at this point in time anymore maybe maybe that'll change here in the next week or so but it, it's a lot of rumors i saw I didn't see the initial rumor saying that the the Braves were shopping Acuna. I just saw Ken Rosenthal kind of shooting it down that they weren't, and I 
can't imagine that's just a, a guy that you're never going to get value for. And when the Braves have, uh, they, they win a rookie of the year with a guy I didn't even think was going to win rookie of the year, and then they get the number two as well, and everybody's locked up long term, they're, they're, they're set up to, to move however they want. Football this weekend against the Michigan Wolverines for Illinois uh, would be huge. It would be really huge if they somehow could uh, could pull it off, going there as a significant underdog and with uh, some significant injuries, especially in the secondary. And, of course, Chase Brown is a huge question mark, maybe or maybe not to uh, the football team, but it is to the outside world, his status unknown. So this seems like Illinois has got some adversity to face. But in fact, Brad Bielma says going to face Michigan with a bunch of injuries on the road is not adversity. From the outside world, yes. Uh, from the inside our building, uh, it's the next opportunity, right? Um, I, I just can't stress enough that that's how we kind of look at things. That's how we talk about it. Um, uh, you know, to, to get a chance to go play Michigan at Michigan. Uh, there's literally nobody on our roster. Um that played through normal means. So the only two guys that played at Michigan so far on our roster is Art Sitkowski, who played when he was at Rutgers, uh, and obviously Chase, uh, who played while he was uh, at, at uh, Western Michigan. So um, nobody on our current roster. I even thought Palcho and Marques would father time into that slot, but neither of them. Uh, I told them yesterday, you know, I've been able to experience a win as a player and a coach uh, in, in Michigan Stadium and uh, what that meant and how it felt. Um, and, and I think that's, a, that's something that our guys are excited for the opportunity ahead of us. The road of venues have gotten bigger and maybe louder. You guys have responded. Uh, what's been key for good road play this year? You know, I did bring them back to a year ago. There's a lot of guys on our team that, that played at Penn State. Um, so, you know, it's it's similar in nature, 110,000 or whatever the number ends up being on Saturday. Um, it'll be a cooler environment. So the, the fact that we played in that last week I think is a positive thing. We'll play in it and practice in it this week. Um, our guys kind of embrace – you know, the moment to go into somebody else's place and, and live in that moment. Um, I pointed out to them, we have a 74-man travel roster that will match their 74-man hotel roster. Um, we play on the same field. We share the same tunnel, as I'm sure everybody has heard, right? Um, and and uh, um, so we have a lot of the same things. It's just about who who, who lines up and plays well on Saturday. <laughs> You'd be real sneaky with the, with the, the lines this week. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, you just you just go and play and see what happens. Um, stranger things have happened in the world of college football. Last hour, he recounted the Colorado miracle. Illinois pulled off a couple. This is a seven and three football team, and would you believe that two of those three losses came at home instead mm-hmm. of road and and and, and not was- road wins at Wisconsin and at Nebraska and nearly at Indiana way long time ago at the beginning <laughs> of September. And that was the theme last year, right? Couldn't win at home, go on the road. You win at Minnesota, you win at Penn State. Those were the majority of where the success came from. And, yeah, I mean, at this point, they're playing with house money. I got thinking this weekend is very similar to 2019 when we did this sort of thing, right? You went out to Arizona and with the basketball team, and the football team went up to Michigan State. And the difference being – that football team was playing for a bowl berth. This football team clinched a bowl game a month ago. A month ago. Oh, my goodness. We have been sitting here for four weeks trying to figure out if they're playing in December or January, not if they would play 
on one of those days. Like this team is is already quote unquote accomplished the the goal that I think most would would set for them. So they're playing with house money. If guys a- end up hurt, the the chances are, are obviously way further down. But if Chase Brown shows up and, and you know it's you against the world, why not? Kind of happened for Michigan State against Illinois this year, mm-hmm. and you know Purdue had everything at stake and and. They showed up and they got a little bit of extra help <laughs> as well. And you just you never know. Maybe Illinois will get some help. Actually, don't. That doesn't. I don't happen. To don't Illinois. prefer. <laughs> I don't like seeing teams win with help. By the way, either mm-hmm. way, um, even when it's a team I'm rooting for. <laughs> just saying. Okay, we will come back. We'll talk a little bit about UCLA basketball with Ben Bolch. Also, when you hear the bell. Be the third caller if you want to go to see the road to WrestleMania at the State Farm Center in February. You want tickets? You can't buy them right now. Not yet. It'll be at the box office soon, but you can win them here. Be the third caller, 217-356-9397. When you hear the bell, when's that bell going to ring? Not going to tell you. You just got to keep listening. Ben Bolch next. Hey, Illini family. It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM DWS. You've got Sports Talk. Tomorrow, Illinois women's hoops will be back in action looking for their third win as well as the men, which they already have. And they'll be taking on McNeese State. It'll be a rare midweek, midday game. Tip-off at 11 a.m. pregame at 10.45 with Mike Kuhn on the call. And it'll be a field trip game, so you'll be hearing lots of little youngsters. Veteran Jada Peebles had some off-season injuries to deal with and been a little bit behind in getting going. It's starting to feel things coming back for her. Most definitely it felt good to just see the ball go in the basket at any point in time. It felt good to just be out there and be comfortable and confident on the court. I think my groove is coming back day by day, practice by practice and game by game. Did it feel like you were physically there already and and you needed the mental part to catch up, like you said, to see it go in? Or was it more about the physical reps to catch up? I think at first I needed the mental game to come back, but then as the game started, it was like, okay, like, Let's physically catch up. Like, I'm here. Like, I see it. Like, I'm ready to get this shot off. Now it's time for to physically go in, yeah. So defense is creating offense a lot. How does that feel compared to what you've experienced years past? Uh, it feels good. This has been one of my main focuses this year just because coming off of an in- injury, you never know how offense is going to go. But defense is something that you can always control. Defense is something that can get your offense going 100%. So that's been a main focus just to get good defense and then have that lead into my offense. Are there certain things you see yourself getting away with, for lack of a better term, as a team that you know, hey, when it's Ohio State or fill in the blank, we have to be better at? Oh, 100%. Last game, it was a lot of backdoor cuts. First game, it was a lot of uh, box outs that we had mixed. And that's just the biggest focus of like, okay, we're, they're not making the layups right now or they're not getting uh, the board right now. But when it is Ohio State, that's what they're going to score on us and they're going to profit off of like us making that mistake. So it's we take things a lot bigger now with these teams because we know in the end that it's really going to matter when it comes to Ohio State and other teams like that. Jada Peebles going four for five from three-point range in the last game in the win over Alcorn on Sunday after going 0 for 6 in the season opener. She was a starter all of her sophomore year, a starter most of last year, averaged seven points last year after being in double digits 
two years ago. Shauna Green, we also caught up with her today, and uh, she talked about in both of the first games, you know, the kind of similar to the men, the Illini have been up big in these two wins so far, and there's a lot of coaching still, though, that Shauna Green wants to do, despite what the scoreboard has to say. Yeah, that's what I've been pretty adamant with our team with, is I'm not, I really don't care about the, sc- the scoreboard. I, I care about how we're doing things and making sure we're doing things the right way, and sometimes that's hard for them to understand. You know, you're a up 30 but it doesn't matter like so that's where you know even the other day in the third quarter like we weren't playing well so I'm gonna call timeout we're gonna (laughs) they're gonna know that that, yeah we're gonna have a we're gonna have a discussion about it and and so they understand the the level and consistency that it takes possession by possession no matter no matter what game we're in you've done this a while though and it's it's I'm sorry it's human nature I don't even want to use the 18 to 22 year old thing it's human nature for 40 year olds to take a breath when they're it is that far ahead you know is how do you go about – how have you tried to play to that, you know, in a sense of, you know, Just, getting them to understand yeah. this has got to run the way I want it run? I think by being consistent with it. I'm like okay. that every single day uh, about in practice, you know, every possession. Like I hold them to a high high expectations and standard, and I think the same thing of being consistent within the game. And, you know, we talk about it. Like I told them at halftime, I don't care what the scoreboard says. We care about the process. We care about, you know, are we getting better? And it's really game within the game to be able to to challenge yourself and mentally focus of trying to just like execute that possession and then go on to the next one. But it is, it, it, I understand it. I tell them that I understand it, but you know, we're trying to fight human nature and we're trying to be elite and, you know, average people default to human nature where elite mindset people um, are locked into the possession by possession. And you say scoreboard doesn't matter too much, but at the same time, there's more points being put up than people have been used to seeing around here. What can you take away from that? If anything, just a higher offensive output. You know, I'm really happy with that. I, I've been actually very, very pleased with our, our offensive output. And I think we can even do better. You know, I thought we shot the ball really well, obviously, the first half of last game. But then we kind of we didn't shoot as well the second half. And um, the first game, I thought we could have shot it a little bit better, too. So I think that we're still finding ways to score um, and, and produce that. And Because, again, with me, it's about it's about our defense. And I truly believe when our defense is, is elite, then our offense will, you know, kind of reap the, the rewards of that so really happy to see the offense output when I don't think we're to where we can be everybody's getting at least a little bit of playing time right now is that a luxury of the uh, the score are you searching for some roles yet for certain players I just think it's it's you know when you're beating team by 30 some points or 30 or 20 some I want to try to get some of you know our young guys some minutes and some game experience um you know, the last thing I want is to be up 30-some and someone gets hurt or something that maybe we could have tried to avoid. So it's a combination of both. We need to get, you know, I think we have kind of our main rotation down. Um, but there's also, you know, a role's always changing. You know, it's I don't want anyone to ever think, oh, I'm never going to play or I'm only going to. No, you're, you you kind of determine your role. So, um, you know, I want them to continue to progress. And, and some, some of the freshmen, they're only going to progress with some game minutes. And with these games that we can do that, then why not get them in and get them some experience? McNeese, what are some keys against them? You know, really for us, it's taking care of the basketball. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna press us uh, back to a zone. So we haven't seen uh, this. Is what I think they'll do. Um, and and you know, we got to be able to handle that pressure, and then get back and and not 
not fall in love with the three against these guys because they're going to give you some open shots. And where I'm fine with taking some threes, we still got to always maintain our 10 paint touches a quarter goal of trying to really be aggressive and put some pressure on their zone. There's Shauna Green, and again, McNeese is on tap tomorrow at uh, 11 a.m. at 10.45 pregame here on, on DWS. Um, don't know where this is all going to lead for this year, but uh, I kind of have a similar feeling to what happened when Brett Bielma came in last year and brought in the coaching staff he did. You just have a feeling like there's a plan. They know what they're doing. At least they talk like they know what they're doing <laughs> in terms of the coaching staff. And, and they feel like there is a path here and a way forward for this team to start winning uh, more basketball games. And the competition is, frankly, pretty easy until uh, in they go to see Pitt in the ACC Challenge in a couple of weeks and then on the road at Indiana. And there's six teams in the Big Ten that are in the top 25. So there'll be plenty of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the Big Ten is the the big part of the schedule, and new coaching staff, really new team in general, and, and that's probably why you feel good about where they they could be this year. Is that Shauna Green brought in her own players, right? Makira Cook has come in; she's been the leading scorer. She's probably going to carry a, a lot of the load, and she knows what Shauna Green expects of her, and, and that's a, a good way to start. You got Kendall Bostic down low, who is just a rebounding machine, and, and they can feed her as well. So there, there are some interesting pieces, and, and she's had the success before. She's made it to the tournament more times than, than Illinois has here in the recent history. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll let the, this thing play out, but off to a good start, and we'll keep it going tomorrow. Yeah, and if you're looking for a little higher level competition again, it, it'll be it'll be there. This is kind of part of the plan right now. Big Ten women's basketball is might be better top to bottom than men's basketball this year, at least the top half. Very top heavy as far as women's basketball in the Big Ten. If there's an argument against that, it's not immediately top of mind. Yeah, you know, so you, you're not wrong. Well, in the, in the the bottom when you when you consider like Wisconsin and Illinois last year uh, as as far as women's basketball goes, e- even Nebraska upset the the number one team in the Big Ten on the final day of the the regular season. So there, there's quite a bit of parity on the men's side. All right, we're going to connect with Ben Bolch from the LA Times, talk some UCLA basketball, and keep listening for the bell and your chance to win WWE tickets. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Back on Sports Talk, uh, having some gremlins on the phone line, unfortunately. It's too bad. We'll see if we can connect with him. Yeah. Not on Ben Bolch. No. Technical difficulties, as they say. Um, <laughs> well, in this case, it actually is technical yeah, difficulties. Yeah. Big Ten uh, schedule this week. Illinois, if you're you're a Northwestern fan this week. You need you need Purdue to lose, mm-hmm. so that is a nineteen and a half point spread at Ross Aid. I'm actually a little skeptical of that spread, but 
just because it feels like Northwesterns do. And um, maybe if it was in Evanston, and it's it's going to be cold again. Uh, but you know, I guess Purdue put up thirty one points in cold weather this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just feels like a bit much. But I get it. Northwestern's not very good. Uh, you would also probably like Minnesota to beat Iowa. Yes. Uh, again, all the Illinois really needs Illinois needs to win two. And Purdue needs to lose, and Illinois would still have the West Division title. But I'm guessing in some complicated tie-breaking scenarios, you need Iowa to lose. Mm -hmm. Minnesota is favored by a field goal at home, and I think that is because they're at home. Mm -hmm. I I was playing so well. Man, I think Iowa's probably going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And and Minnesota hasn't played quite as well over the last month as they did the the month before they faced the Illini. They've been dealing with injuries, uh, as we saw when they were here in Champaign, and that that hasn't really changed much. But you never know with P.J. Fleck. Uh, Minnesota 7-3, 4-3 in the Big Ten West. There are four teams that are all (laughs) 4-3, but really only one of them is in first place. (laughs) That's Purdue. Mm Mm-hmm. But Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, and and Minnesota, and I guess crazier things could happen. I don't know what happens if everybody goes one and one. Um, Iowa and Minnesota are obviously playing each other, and then I I, I guess it's conceivable that three teams go zero and two. Then then I guess somebody would just win, <laughs> win it outright. Um, there's probably too many permutations, but if you have nothing else to do you can look at it look it up and see what all the possible scenarios do some calculation yeah um penalties 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 were such a big issue for illinois football on on saturday ryan walters talks about some of them uh some of them yep they committed some of them they were called for yeah you know the the penalties that um that kill you are the non-competitive penalties right the pre-snap or or post-snap um, penalties, you know, like the, the late hit out out of bounds, like that. That was crucial. That was a, a crucial moment in the game, and um, and and you know those things can't happen. And and so we, you know, we got to look at ourselves in the mirror and, and own up to those. And we have. Um, it's been discussed, and and you know the, those those type of penalties you can't, you know, you can't you can't allow, can't have, um, because they you know they they come back to 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 bite you. And um, I think you know all but one of the drives. Um, in the in the score, all but one of the scoring drives in the game Saturday, um, you know, we had penalties as a result, you know, in, in extending drives. So that's something we got to clean up for sure. Um, you still want to maintain, a, 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 like you said, a, a being aggressive and um, playing your style of ball. But it's the you got to be smart, and when you're doing so, and um, like I said, the pre and post snap penalties are, are the ones you got to avoid. Illinois didn't do enough of that. The PIs they could not avoid one way. Or another. Mm-hmm. I still haven't totally gotten over it. But the the self-inflicted ones, uh, like he pointed out, I think those were, were more crucial. Uh, there, there was still time after the after the, the P.I. against Witherspoon to, to score on that last drive. There was time to score, you know, on the first drive to open the second half, and they didn't do that. And you just let Aiden O'Connell run out of bounds, and you get the ball back probably in pretty good field position. And by the way... This has kind of slipped under the radar a little bit. Did you see that uh, the Packers today released Rodgers? <laughs> Not that one. 
uh, first initial A, last name <laughs> Rogers. Close. I really wish somebody... That's, that's where you got to do the two letters, right? You see that all the time when, when you know, you've got two C. Smiths or whatever on the mm-hmm. team. you got to go C.A., C.I. or whatever. Amari Rogers has been released yeah. by the Packers. A.M. Rogers. He, yeah, yeah, change everything. He Instead of A.A., A.A. Ron, Amari Rogers fumbled uh, too many times, including his fifth of the season in that very Aaron Rodgers on brand like comeback against the Dallas Cowboys but Amari Rodgers uh lost too many fumbles cost him the punt return job and his in his job overall but I just I just really wish somebody would just put headline Packers release Rodgers <laughs> instead of this headline Amari Rodgers comma with five fumbles comma released by Packers that's much more responsible journalism, but it's more fun if you just say Rogers is released. Yeah, you only get eight words, eight words or less, and, <laughs> and if you don't have an intriguing headline, nobody's going to click it. If they put whatever his first name is, it's like, who is that? You know, I'm just going to keep scrolling. But the the Packers are, are I, I don't think it's a one-for-one comparison, but you think going into last week, they were only three-and-a-half-point underdogs, which... You know that that shows that the Vegas knows what they're doing for for the most part to to keep it that close. But the Packers were down a starting linebacker, a starting defensive lineman, and a starting cornerback, and they held Dak Prescott and that that offense down. So you can do it. You know uh, they were at home. You've got one of the best quarterbacks of all time on your team, so that helps. But. He, he was just saying there there was a belief in the locker room that whole week that, that we were going to come out and win. It was their Super Bowl because they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. So so why can't Saturday be Illinois Super Bowl? I was just going to say, are you connecting this back to Illinois' chances at Michigan? Yes, exactly. It is still college football. I'll pose this same <laughs> question to you that I posed to uh, Robert and Lauren last hour. I think the win... A win for Illinois over Michigan this Saturday would be, though unexpected, less surprising than the win over Wisconsin three years ago. Hmm. I felt very surprised yeah. by that win. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's right. Because I-, I think I heard you say nobody, not not, not even the, the most optimistic bleed orange and blue Illini fan headed into that 2019 game was betting on Illinois to win. Even giving them a chance, right? What was it like? Forty point dogs. It was Thirty. We we thought that that the alumni base was getting gathered to to pay for a buyout check, and Illinois won. Whereas, yeah, you know, Illinois got some injuries going on this week, and you don't know what all they have. But they're seven and three, and they've won on the road before, so it, it wouldn't be that surprising. As surprising, it would yeah. still kind of be shocking. Yeah, unexpected, but. There's maybe there's some crazy path here where, or maybe not so crazy, but Illinois' run defense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Michigan's running attack is really good, mm-hmm. but maybe Illinois limits that a little bit and forces JJ McCarthy to throw more than they really want to. And it's cold weather, and maybe McCarthy throws a pick or two, or nope. maybe a this or that happens, or a call goes this way or that way, or a replay or whatever, and it just. You can see some scenarios. Well, the the biggest point I, I think that, that Brett Bielma said like when he was opening his press conference on Monday was Saturday was a one-score loss. The Saturday before was a one-score loss. Indiana was a one-score loss. There hasn't been a single game this whole year that Illinois hasn't been in. And if you're in it, 
you give yourself a chance, a turnover, a punt, you know, anything like that, and, and it breaks your way, and you, you got yourself a, a chance to win. So that's all Illinois has done this year is lose by one score or less. So it's up to Michigan to, to make it a bigger bigger deficit than that. Now, maybe I'm selling Michigan short because if it was Ohio State, that would be surprising. <laughs> but Michigan feels like they're better than Ohio State, I'm sure. When I've seen some of the Michigan games or kind of kept an eye on them, it seems like they have had teams that kind of been in it at halftime, and then Michigan just steamrolls the second half mm-hmm. because of that running attack. So I looked it up, and Michigan is outscoring opponents right now on average in the second half 21 points against 4.8. Wow. 21 points against 4.8. That's how dominant they've been in the second half. But then I looked at the first half. And they're outscoring opponents in the first half, twenty point three against six point four. <laughs> so there is a, a, a bit of a difference. And a when little you, bit. When you consider they played like three of the five worst FCS teams or FBS teams there are in America, in Hawaii and Connecticut. Connecticut, Connecticut actually uh, qualified for a, yeah. for a bowl last week. If you Jim follow Sicko's committee, it's a fun follow. <laughs> but Hawaii, Colorado, right? Did Colorado they, State. Colorado State. Okay, so so not much of a, a difference. They 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 had a, a soft, pretty early schedule, but they do seem to to be turning it on and ratcheting up as the competition gets better. Exactly. But interestingly enough, the team they most dominated in Big Ten play was Penn, Penn State. State. They just crushed them. But Maryland was a one score game. Although I think Maryland scored late to make it closer than it looked well and and if i remember right that was the game that michigan fumbled a kickoff at like the 10 yard line yeah so michigan is not you know without their yeah without their mistakes iowa was two scores indiana was three scores then penn state was whatever 41 minus 17 is a lot of scores and 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 then michigan state was an easy win and rutgers they just crushed if that tells me anything, it's that Illinois got to give them off, get them off their game script. They've had this script. They're going to run you down in the first half. They're going to score some points, and then we're just going to take off in the second half after we see how you're attacking us in the first half. So Illinois got to score early. They got to get some early stops. Put the pressure on Michigan so that they've got to change. Maybe force JJ McCarthy to pass it. You got a, a negative game script rather than handing it to to Blake Corum and letting him eat six eight minutes at a time. Well, we will see, and again, I'm not here to tell you, oh, Illinois is going to win and drinking some sort of Kool-Aid. I'm just saying, give it a chance. Why not? Why not? Big game, national television, Mm -hmm. in the big house. Illinois has somehow been a little bit better away from Memorial Stadium than they have in Memorial Stadium. They're on ABC on Mm -hmm. Saturday? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just roughly trying to remember off the top of my head, played Nebraska on ABC this year. Yeah. And they won. They played Penn State last year on ABC. Yeah. Okay. I think. And they won. I'll take your word for that on that one. So. Obviously, our phones are not up to snuff here today, so we're not able to connect with Ben Bolch. We'll get that figured out. Also, if I play you the wrestling bell now, there's no you can't call in. Uh, <laughs> that is so true. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're going to have to delay the, the, the ticket giveaway. We're going to have to give away some extra tickets tomorrow. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that, but we'll, we'll double dip tomorrow. You'll have the uh, steering wheel tomorrow, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'll be traveling to Vegas 
back on on the show on Thursday from Vegas. And uh, then, again, men's hoops on Friday night. It's a 6.30 game day, but we'll have volleyball here on our airwaves on uh, Newstalk 1493.9. So if you want volleyball and then join up with uh, – you'll probably miss tip-off if you take all of volleyball, but you'll get most of the basketball game. And if you want all of the basketball coverage, head to our sister station, Light Rock 97.5. On Friday night, and then plenty of sleep before we're up bright and early <laughs> on Saturday morning for game day starting at 9 a.m. after Saturday Sports Talk. Our final segment's coming up. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family. It's Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. We'll see you tomorrow at the State Farm Center. And listen in right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. I think this song is about 30 years old now. Yeah, don't don't remind me. It was more than 30 years old. Yeah, I know about. I think that's when this album came out. 92, 93, yeah. maybe 94. I mean, groundbreaking, legendary, all that stuff that you would say mm-hmm. about. Um, have we missed anything uh, major today? No, not not really. Uh, award season continues to roll on. Looks like Tito Francona just picked up his third manager of the year award for taking the, the youngest team in baseball to a AL Central title, although I think that was on the back of a, a underperforming Chicago White Sox team. So I digress. Shout out to, to Brandon Hyde, former Cubs bench coach with the, the Orioles. They had a huge turnaround season. But uh, Tito gets that one. They'll, they'll announce the NL tonight. I think we go, ooh, I should have looked this up. I think it's Cy Young and then MVP the next two nights as far, far as awards. I think AL be. has to be Aaron Judge for MVP. and You'd like to, to think so. Cy Young would be Verlander. Mm, yeah, yeah. He finished the the strongest. I can't remember if I think Dylan C ended up in the top three. If not, he was in that that running for a, a, a good long while. But uh, yeah, the the Cy Youngs are NL uh, NL Cy Young and NL MVP are, are kind of wide open. Early thought would be that that it's Goldschmidt. Hey, Illini family. It's Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. We'll see you tomorrow at the State Farm Center. And listen in right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. I think this song is about 30 years old now. Yeah, don't, don't remind me. It was more than 30 years old. Eh, no, about. I think that's when this album came out. 92, 93, yeah. maybe 94. I mean, groundbreaking, legendary, all that stuff that you would say mm-hmm. about. Um, have we missed anything uh, major today? No, not not really. Uh, award season continues to roll on. Looks like Tito Francona just picked up his third manager of the year award for taking the, the youngest team in baseball to a AL Central title, although I think that was on the back of a, a underperforming Chicago White Sox team, so I digress. Shout out to, to Brandon Hyde, former Cubs bench coach with the, the Orioles. They had a huge turnaround season, but uh, Tito gets that one. They'll, they'll announce the NL tonight. I think we go, ooh, I should have looked this up. I think it's Cy Young and then MVP the next two nights as far, far as awards. I think AL be. has to be Aaron Judge for MVP. and You'd like to, to think so. Cy Young would be Verlander? 
Mm, yeah, yeah. He finished the the strongest. I can't remember if I think Dylan Cease ended up in, in the top three. If not, he was in that that running for a, a, a good long while. But uh, yeah, the the Cy Youngs are NL. Uh, NL Cy Young and NL MVP are, are kind of wide open. Early thought would be that, that it's Goldschmidt, but you, you never know with the, the voters, especially with the defense that Machado and Arenado play. And, and as far as starting pitcher, people use different stats to, to show who, who they like more, and, and there's a, a lot of parody or disagreement as far as the NL goes. Got a barn burner in Washington, D.C. as Northwestern is playing Georgetown tonight in uh, men's Big Ten hoops. There was only a few games last night. There's plenty more tonight. So Maryland and Bingham. Night. Michigan State, though, is the big one as they are in Indianapolis against Kentucky. Purdue has Marquette. Not bad. Wisconsin has Green Bay. And Kansas, North Carolina. Kansas, Duke. One of those two. Yeah, what is it? The Champions Classic mm-hmm. or something like that. Not not bad for after kind of a bleh. First week. Finally picking up. Things are picking up. All right. We're back tomorrow. Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Have a great night.